prepare to experience the strongest radio allowable by law. Secrets will be revealed. Myths dispelled. From the studio gym where excuses never apply. It's Superhuman Radio with your host, Carl Lenore. Welcome back to another episode of Superhuman Radio. Today is February 28th, 2020. This is usually the last day of, uh, of the February month, uh, but this is leap year. So we have one more day. Uh, tomorrow night, I'm taking Elisa out on date night. Uh, maybe she'll propose. Who knows? Anyway, uh, I want to thank our title sponsor, uh, and that is uh, Legendary Foods for making the tasty pastry. It's a Pop-Tart without all the guilt. It's got nine grams of protein, less than one gram of carbs, and uh, less than uh, four grams of impact carbs, and it tastes amazing. In fact, get it for your kids. Don't let them eat Pop-Tarts. Let them eat these instead. Go to eatlegendary.com to learn more. If you go to Superhuman Radio and click one of the legendary banner ads for the Tasty Pastry, you'll be transported to a page to get on a list because they can't keep them in stock. I'm not kidding. Uh, They have ramped up production and they can't keep them in stock. And when you taste them, you will find out why that is. Um, cancer is an interesting thing. We are still seeing lots of cancer in our population today. And uh, when people don't find answers at their doctors, they go looking f- for answers on their own. Uh, my guest today is just such a person, and he is uh, Dr. Al Danberg. Oh, I didn't. Let me bring him in here. Sorry about that. Here he comes. How you doing, Dr. Danberg? I am great, actually. You don't look like somebody who has cancer. I have to. So the first, the first thing I expected after reading some of your stuff and hearing your story was to see somebody who was kind of withered and you know not not doing well. But be, talk, you were given pretty much a death sentence a couple of years ago, right? I was. Talk I about was. that. What what kind of cancer and what your doc? What your oncologist tell you? Do you want me to tell you how I discovered I was sick? Yes, please. So, so first of all, I started let, – let's go back even a little further. I started a, um, a primal lifestyle and a paleo-type diet when I was about 66 years old. Now, when, you say, that, primal, when you say primal, are you talking about Argenis von der Planet? Uh, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm talking about like uh, Mark Sisson's primal okay, diet, okay. basically a paleo-type diet. Yes. Um, with a paleo lifestyle, meaning or a primal lifestyle, mainly good exercise, aerobic, as well as intensive training, um, uh, actually good sleep, um, good, maybe good stress control, maybe not. That was always an issue with me. But basically, I thought I was the poster boy for a uh, 71-year-old uh, primal lifestyle guy. So from the age of 66 when I started this to the age of 71, I was doing quite well. Um, at 66, I weighed 185 or so pounds. By the time I got into this kind of eating lifestyle, I dropped 30-some pounds, and I felt good, lots of energy. I was writing. I was in my active practice of periodontics. I had been a periodontist till I retired Two years ago, for 44 years, I 
was doing a lot of seminars and lectures and so and incorporating all this in the way I treated my periodontal patients. So in April of 2018, thinking I was extremely healthy, I was lecturing at the Paleo FX meeting in Austin and talking about my paleo lifestyle and how it helped mouth and issues. And normally when I travel, um, I walk a lot, especially when I go from uh, airport to airport and and I have time, like the Atlanta airport, I travel, walk from concourse to concourse. And I had this big heavy bag on my shoulder, never is a problem, but I noticed that when I was doing that, my shoulder started to hurt. Never happened that way in the past. So um, I went to the uh, uh, meeting, I did my lecture, I went home, and the soreness continued. I thought I pulled a muscle, a rotator cuff issue, I don't know. But it didn't really go away. It kind of transferred from my shoulder to my back, and then it went to my chest. And I thought, this is not right. It's several months now. So about August or so, I go to my normal physician, who I've seen for 35-plus years. And um, he looked at me and said, yeah, something's going on. It hurts here. It hurts there. Um, Let's do some chemistry. So he did some blood work. Everything was normal except my C-reactive protein. My C-reactive protein, which normally the HSC reactive protein for me was less than 0.5. How, how was, high was yours? Yeah. So it was about 4 to 5. That's extremely high for me. And um, we know from that, mean, it tells me that there's some kind of systemic inflammation. It doesn't tell me if it's cute, acute. It doesn't tell me it's chronic. It doesn't tell me where it's coming from. Just something's not right. So we did an MRI, and we do this MRI, and uh, my physician calls me on the phone. I'm smiling, but I wasn't smiling when he called. And he said, um, Al, do you, you want to come into the office and we'll talk, or let's talk over the phone? I said, come on. Uh, talk over the phone. He said, I'd be concerned if I were you. I think you either have lymphoma, leukemia, or multiple myeloma. Oh, my God. These are three doors I would never want to open, and (laughs) I didn't have any idea I was sick. I just had some pain. And he said, did you fall down some steps? Did somebody beat you up? I said, no, what are you talking about? He says, the MRI suggests that you have a vertebral fracture, a couple cracked ribs, a crack in your pelvis. And I'm saying, what is going on here? So my physician gets in touch with an oncologist. We do a variety of tests, including a PET scan, you know, it's a CT type of scan that right. identifies maybe cancer cells where they're located. Um, and the radiologist that reads the PET scan says, I have innumerable skeletal little lytic lesions in my bones. Now, this cancer, which I'll tell you about in a moment, is a multi- form of multiple myeloma. And multiple myeloma can manifest in a lot of ways. And when it's defined, one of the definitions is how many holes in the bone that do you have? Because multiple myeloma this is a malignancy of plasma cells. It creates a lot of bone destruction looking like a very severe case of osteoporosis. Right. So generally, the, the radiologist will call it a particular type of myeloma, but with one lytic lesion or two lytic lesions or five lytic lesions. 
He said, I had innumerable lytic lesions. If you looked at my bone scan, it looked like Swiss cheese everywhere. So my body, my bone skeleton was not supporting my body weight. And I was getting pathological fractures, which I didn't even know about. Just carrying that bag that day. Exactly. Exactly. So, so he comes up with a diagnosis, a variety of other tests, and a, and a mass of plasmas and malignant plasma cells on the side of my spine, a soft tissue mass. So he comes up with a diagnosis of what's called IgA kappa light chain multiple myeloma with innumerable skeletal lytic lesions. Now, wow. does the IgA come from the uh, immune particular system? Antibody. It's yeah. a particular antibody yeah. that is, yeah. is creating the malignancy in the plasma cells. Wow. So, so he says, um, I need you to start chemotherapy immediately. We'll probably do um, some IV uh, bisphosphonates mm -hmm. to try to strengthen your bone and then see where we go. And I said, oh, wait a minute. Am I going to be treated? He said, well, you're going to go into remission, but your disease, your cancer is incurable. So I said, and now my, my wife and my adult children are there to hear what's going on. Now, this is a shock, right? Yeah. I mean, so, so I mean, he's basically telling, what he's saying is we can treat you, but we can't fix you. It's just going to keep coming back. Right. So here's what he says. He says the chemotherapy will go, will put you into remission and then you'll be better. And then it won't work anymore. So we'll have to give you chemotherapy again, but it'll be a different cocktail, more caustic because the original chemotherapy wouldn't work anymore. Because, because the cancer cell from, from a, a hormetic effect is becoming stronger each time sure. you treat it. Right. Sure. And, and more invasive. So, so it's going to be a new caustic uh, cocktail. And then eventually those cocktails won't work and I will die from the complications of multiple myeloma. So, either, so, either, so your prognosis is for whatever period of time you're able to live, you're going to really be miserable and you're going well, to hate life. And that's the point. And I, I, I discussed it candidly with him. He said, and I said, does this mean my quality of life is going to go downhill as I'm being treated? And he said, most likely that is going to happen. So I said, well, wait a second. My quality of life is everything to me. So if I'm going to live one month with a quality of life or six years declining and becoming degenerative and looking like the cancer patients that are in this cancer clinic, I'm not opting for that. So he totally agreed with me and he said, under the circumstances, I agree with you. But, let's not do chemotherapy. But, and I said, but, well, how long, but how long are you going to live now? I would have three to six months to live. <laughs> how three long ago was that? September of 2018. Wow. So I said to him, I need to do some research. Now, I'm a geeky guy, so I'm doing some research, and I'm trying to create some protocols. I'm getting in touch with some integrated physicians I know. Most of my research is from PubMed, and, and I go from there. And I try to understand what's being done in the medical communities around the world in an unconventional way to maybe help 
my cancer. And let, let's define unconventional. For, for those people out there, unconventional ends up being conventional when it works for enough people. And then the medical orthodoxy goes, oh, we should pay attention to this. You know, I, I, when you say unconventional, people think you're talking about voodoo or, you know, or something risque. It's like, it, no, it, unconventional meth, methods of treating diseases are often what are found on the fringes where the patients are driving the narrative because the doctors have no more answers. So the patients are looking and going, hey, I read a study. What about this? Well, that's very unconventional. Yeah, but can we do it? Correct. So basically what that means is these unconventional methods maybe have some case studies, but they've never been proven through a scientific or medical um, program um, to to identify a scientific method to identify this works because we had controls and if you don't do it, it doesn't work. If you do do it, it does work and therefore it's proven. Well, first of all, you're not going to prove cancer medications in living humans because the institutional review boards would never approve right. that because the people that were the control would be dying. They die, right. And the experimental people would Oops. be living. Sorry, you so were in the wrong group. <laughs> right, right. So it's never going to happen in the scientific world. So it has to be a number of case studies that are successful, and then they start to do it in a more specific manner. And that's where I am. So I am investigating methods that I find make sense to heal my body. So I'm not doing anything, like you said, voodoo or 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 just totally experimental, I am doing things that have literally been shown to heal the body because cancer is not a disease of the genetic makeup of the cell as much as it is the actual um, mitochondrial dysfunction of the cells and the metabolic dysfunction in our basic eating habits and lifestyle. It's all epigenetic driving the cancer cell. So what I did was start to identify a diet that I needed to maintain for good nutrition. I needed to understand the support of my gut because I'm very interested and I've done lots of research even before I had cancer about gut dysbiosis and the, the health of the gut membrane in the manifestation of all chronic diseases, and mm-hmm. certainly cancer is a chronic disease, as well as periodontal disease. So I'm implicating periodontal disease as well as cancer in, in dysbi- dysbiosis in the gut. So I knew that I needed to make sure my gut was very healthy. That's part of my protocol. I certainly knew that I needed to support my immune system and did some research with some herbal medications that are traditionally known to support the immune system. That became part of my protocol. And understanding my bone lytic lesions, which have been my biggest problem because I started off with all these holes in my bone and a very um, unstable skeleton. Fragile. So I wanted to make sure if I could, if I could strengthen the, the bone itself, and I did that as a protocol, and I started to utilize pulsed electromagnetic field therapy, which has been shown in medicines and many peer-reviewed research to support and help 
with osteoporosis. In, in fact, in fact, healing. when when you have a when you have a really bad break, like let's say you break a a, a bone in your cervical spine, they'll send you home with a, a PEMF unit that is a medical device and paid for insurance that you use twice a day because it speeds up the remineralization and bone knitting so that it heals bone fast. Yes, yes. So I started to do this research in pulse electromagnetic field therapy and thought, well, I'm, I'm only trying to connect the dots here. I'm thinking, well, these are lesions in my bone. Maybe that will help. It also helps with soft tissue healing. It helps with mitochondrial dysfunction. Okay, so so I don't, I don't like to take notes during a show. I like to just throw questions out. So I'm, I don't uh, sure, have ADHD. Sure, sure. What, what, uh, what frequency are you using for your PEMF device? Just curious. So the frequent – I'm using a mat that is supplied by a company called Pure Wave um, Now. Mm -hmm. It is a QRS mat. It is low frequency. Um, the hertz runs from a variety of frequencies of zero to maybe 10,000. Um, it is pulsed. And there is some nice research with this type of mat and cancer in Germany. The mat is manufactured in Germany. And, of course, you know that reporting benefits are totally different if you report them in the United States because of FDA regulations, yeah. Yeah. what you can say. And Germany, which probably is doing some great research on it, but they don't have the regulations of what they can say and what they can't say. So some of the studies I was reading in the German research with the mat, and it was impressive. So it is a low frequency. In fact, you know, there's a, there's a couple studies out there that I found when I was working at the think tank at Quest Nutrition several years ago, and we were looking at PMF at the time for a variety of reasons. And I found actual studies that show that uh, – Frequency is very close, close to the uh, the Schumann wave uh, resonance. Schumann yes, resonance. Yes, 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 yes. Like yes. Um, seven point six hertz up to like yes. eighteen or nineteen hertz, which is what what pulsates out of the core of the Earth. Uh, if you're yes. in a pristine environment, actually have the ability uh, to to kill cancer cells. Well, this is the exciting thing, and so this mat basically mimics some of the magnetic frequencies of the earth but of course it's electromagnetic and it is low and it is harmonic and there are a lot of mats that actually produce dirty electromagnetic fields along with the healthier low frequency pulse electromagnetic field so this mat actually has some filters to prevent that so i'm very comfortable with the mat i'm using so are I'm, there any I, are there any beneficial effects that you can find because I've found studies that show that there are harmful effects, well, maybe not harmful, but there are unwanted effects to the microbiota from some of these uh, higher frequencies we now use in routers and cell phones. Oh, absolutely. But are there beneficial effects from using wave waveforms that are closer to the Schumann resonance? Yes, and here's the beautiful thing. What, I, what I'm also being benefited by, I mean... We get sick because we are overloaded with a variety of toxic irritants to our body. So the dirty electromagnetic fields that are emanating from this screen that I'm, you and I are talking right. with are actually affecting my cells right now. But when I'm using the mat, and I use it four times a day, and I'll give you all the details if you want in a moment. But when I'm using the mat, it neutralizes 
the damage from the dirty electromagnetic fields. Okay. So my mat, which again is a daily therapeutic protocol that I use, is benefiting me by neutralizing the damage from all the dirty electromagnetic fields I'm getting all the time. Mm-hmm. In addition, it's improving my calcium channeling between cells, which is critical. Mm-hmm. It's improving my mitochondria, the ATP production from protein complexes 1, 2, 3, 4, all the way to 5 to produce the ATP. And it is healing, theoretically, bone cells, soft tissue cells, and a whole lot of other things that we don't even know. So I am excited about this also as my protocol. So I've incorporated all these different areas of unconventional protocols, and I started doing that. And I saw my oncologist every month, maybe every two weeks in the beginning, and I was staying stable. I was not going into remission. I've never been in remission. Uh, But my blood chemistries were stable. My cancer disease was there, but it wasn't getting worse. And the quality of my life stayed good. I didn't get sick. You didn't become fragile and start to lose muscle mass? and No, no, not at all. But I was fragile. And that's the real down, um, the, the, the real problems that I experienced, my, my, my setbacks were based on my skeletal frame. Right. So what happened was all the blood chemistries, my mass, my, my muscle mass, everything was doing basically stable um, with the, the, the testing that they were doing, but I was developing pathological fractures. So after um, some time in um, um, the end of 2018, I had another vertebral pathological fracture that was so severe I couldn't get out of bed and I was rushed to the emergency room and they had to do, and I had to do some conventional therapy. They had to do some radiation because one of the, um, the, the masses of malignant plasma cells were, were actually pressing on my spinal cord and I, and I was in excruciating pain and mm-hmm. couldn't walk. Okay. So I had to have that treatment um, just to relieve the pain, and then that area had to heal. But I continued with my unconventional protocols, no chemotherapy. And then I had another series of pathological fractures when I was in the bathroom, and this was um, maybe uh, October of 2019 when I was in the bathroom, August maybe of 2019. I was in the bathroom, and I was brushing my teeth, and I was being very careful, but I twisted, and I, my foot was flat on the ground, but I twisted my body and literally fractured my right femur, and I collapsed to the ground. Oh, my gosh. My, my, when I collapsed, I broke two more ribs and completely fractured my right humerus. Now, the pain was excruciating, and, and I, I thought I was going to die. I mean, I actually went into hospice after that. Um, but I recovered. I healed well. Well, you recovered because you continued the therapies that you, the unconventional therapies that you were using. Well, once I was able to get to that, yes, And, and, and sure. people may be saying, but Doc, Doc, why didn't you just do the standard of care? You wouldn't have been in any better shape. No, no. It, it wouldn't have been in any better shape. And by the way, if I had bisphosphonates through my body, number one... 
it damaged it, it cleared through the kidneys so it could damage my kidneys which automatically would have been more susceptible to the multiple myeloma. Well, women who use bisphosphonates, a large number of them develop esophageal cancer. Well, I was going to say. And it actually has, it, it, there, it, there's some sort of a, a curve of bisphosphonates because while it, it remineralizes some bone, as you know, as being a doctor of dentistry, it seems to take ca- calcium out of the jaw and makes the jaw collapse. Well, here's what happens with the jaw. And and here's what's concerned me about this drug, and all that knowledge only came after it was being used in humans, and that is that the bisphosphonates literally stops the metabolism of the bone. So you're not getting the bone turn to over. break down, yeah, you're not getting but it over. doesn't rebuild either. Mm-hmm. So it's it kind of goes into a state of of um, fragility. But it's not getting better or not getting worse, and it's getting more brittle. So people that are on bisphosphonates may not, may not have the holes growing, but if they hit their bone, they, they shatter right. like Humpty Dumpty falling off of the wall. Right. So in the jaw, what happens is with bisphosphonates, especially IV bisphosphonates, on a, in a certain very small but still significant proportion of people – it changes the metabolism of the bone in the jaw. And if a person has to have an extraction, let's say, in the jaw, and that tooth is removed, the bone won't heal in the socket. Oh, man. And the jaw can start to become necrotic. And in, I never saw a patient like that, but I had a close friend who was an oral surgeon told me several of his stories where they even ha- extracted a tooth on a patient didn't know what the complications yet. This was before all the information about Phosphamax and, and what the, it could do to the jaw. The lady lost her upper jaw because it never could heal. Now, I mean, these are excruciating. These are not. But these are called side effects from the medical. This is not a side effect. When you have debilitating diseases that are side effects they're not side effects no. for example if i wanted chemotherapy um i could have developed lots of damage in my gut mucosal tissues and in my mouth called mucositis i would have lots of pain and ulcers it would be difficult to eat or swallow these are very well, difficult well, uh, experiences. Well, several, several several chemos like uh, cisplatin, for instance, which is a which is a, a, a highly used uh, form of chemo, destroys your kidneys. Many of the people who have chemotherapy using cisplatin don't die from cancer; they end up yeah. dying from complications of using yes. the, the cisplatin. Yes, and, and 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 the interesting thing about that is when the medical orthodoxy scores things, so you come in. You have a cancer. They, they, they administer cisplatin a few times. You go home. Three years later, you die from complications related to kidney failure. They put you down as a win for cancer. Well, he didn't die from cancer. He, didn't, he died from the, the treatment, but he didn't die from cancer. So it artificially inflates the success of some of these chemotherapies. We're talking about archaic ways of treating people, and, th- and this is – not the way I wanted to go. 
I didn't want to live my life with a decreasing quality of life. And I wanted to have control of my body's healing. So it never made sense to me to put chemicals in my body that would destroy my immune system when my immune system was already compromised because my cancer is a cancer of plasma cells, which produces the antibodies that creates my immune system. So it made no sense. So I, I did not elect to do that. I never elected to do that. Unfortunately, I never had control of my bone structure, and I never was able to heal these lesions in my bone. So I've always now been very fragile, and I have to be very careful about having twists or 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 um, common things hits. that people do. Yeah, common things that people do could lead to a fracture for you. For me, yeah, and, and that's actually was happening and then i had another fracture in my left femur so i had issues with that and i had to go through rehab and but all all basically all of that being said other than it was excruciatingly painful when i had the experience and i literally was in hospice because it was so bad my quality of life for the most part has been good i've not been on chemist chemical damaging caustic drugs to destroy my immune system. So I've felt great and I feel great and I'm healthier and feeling better today than I was when I was diagnosed. And probably because you feel so great, you have to keep reminding yourself that you're fragile, that you have to be careful. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I do. I can't fly. Now, I I have to ask you a couple questions. So um, because we're going to, when we take our break, when we come back, we're going to talk about the, the, the carnivore diet as an addition because there's a lot of people out there who would say that's reckless to eat meat. Meat gives you cancer and, yeah. you know, all that sort of stuff. So do you have a strategy? Have you discovered anything new that you feel could help remineralize, remineralize you try saying it, your bones? Uh, well, what I did unconventionally was not working. I was everything I was doing was working for everything else I was being monitored for with the chemistries, the the malignant cells that were not getting worse, they were not getting much better, but they were not getting worse. It was not progressing. And again, which is critical, my quality of life never was compromised other than when I had the fractures. But but um my physician came up with some thoughts because we did not do and would not do chemotherapy. The FDA had approved recently a type of immunotherapy, which is not chemotherapy. It is a type of human-derived monoclonal antibody Mm -hmm. that actually is specific for my malignant plasma cells. And if I could take this medicine, then it could attack my plasma cells that were malignant, nothing else, kill these cells... And help improve my multiple myeloma, maybe improve my bone structure. And there also is a monoclonal antibody that can be used to help support my bone structure. So I'm taking these two immunotherapies that I started about four months ago. Um, I just want to say that, number one, what I'm doing, I don't recommend anybody else to do. It's just for me. It's... It is probably working nicely for me. It may not work well for me later on, and it certainly may not work well for anybody else, but it's working fine for me. The other thing is I don't want anybody to think that conventional medicine is to be thrown out 
the 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 uh, the options that you have and only go routes that are unconventional. I have integrated conventional as well as unconventional treatment. I am using immunotherapy, which is conventional, although it's newly de- developed. It's still conventional, and my oncologist has not only accepted; he recommended I do that, and I arrange to do these procedures without doing any chemotherapy. So I'm, again, trying to integrate the protocols that make sense to me that will not destroy my body, will not decrease my immune system, and only support my healing process. So are you seeing any progress or any indicators of progress for your bones? Yes. So now that I've done the, um, my immunotherapy is a continuous process now. So now that I started the immunotherapy four months ago, the rest of the chemistries that we're doing well are not only doing well, they're getting better. Now, as far as my bone structure, we've not done any new testing to see if the osteolytic lesions are starting to develop osteoblastic activity or or remineralization so that maybe the holes are getting smaller. I don't know that yet. Um, So I'm still very careful about that. But basically, I am feeling good. My energy level is phenomenal, but I had been feeling well with all the other stuff that I was doing without the immunotherapy. But the immunotherapy, I think maybe with everything else I'm doing, could throw me into remission and maybe even cure this disease that is conventionally labeled as an incurable bone marrow cancer. And so, I mean, you've already beat the odds, right? Yes, I mean, I have. According to the doctors, you should have been dead a couple years ago. Yes. So you've already beat the odds. You look good. Yes. Um, what are you doing for exercise? Yes. So exercise is very important. Um, I started um, physical therapy in, my, in the hospital after my fracture of my right femur, and then in-home physical therapy uh, that I still am doing so that we're starting to work with the the, um, um, the the strength of the muscles and my flexibility. Of course, I still had this broken right humerus. It never was set, so it looks like I have an extra elbow where my biceps are mm-hmm. only because my humerus is broken in half and it healed with a callus, so it's not a straight bone anymore. Yeah, bone callus. I have one of those. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so I have some restriction in movement in my right arm, so I'm working with that. Now I'm getting to go outside and walk. I use a, a rollator or a walker just to make sure that if I get You're weak, gonna, I have yeah, something to right, support my body right. so I don't fall. If I fell on the ground, it would be disastrous. Devastating, yeah. Yeah, devastating. So I use that. I walk. Um, I'm starting to do some more me- muscle exercise and, and muscle ex- uh, str- strengthening. So we're going to be probably getting an in-home gym, You know, one of these compact in-home gyms just to do some muscle strengthening exercises, endurance exercises by walking. And hopefully I'll get back to what I would consider a relatively healthy looking and feeling guy. Have you looked at blood flow restriction to allow you to increase protein synthesis without extra weight? No, um, I've actually read an article about that recently, but no, I haven't gotten into that. We we have the guy. Uh, so I have a sponsor, and uh, and and Dr. J- James Stray Gunderson is a leader in this field. 
Uh, he actually has designed a unit that that looks and works exactly like the one the Japanese used back in 2006 when they invented Katsu. And it's basically a blood pressure cuff with a detachable uh, bulb. Mm-hmm. And so you blow each one of them up so you know, you know, 450 milligrams of mercury on each arm and whatever and leg. And just walking, just walking gives the muscles and the legs such an amazing pump. And science, science has shown that it grows muscle without added weight. It's something that you should consider. Oh, well, that's a very interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's a very interesting. What about what about uh, uh, non weight bearing things like in the pool? Assuming it's not a chlorinated pool, but instead something like Bacquasil or salt water. What about getting in the pool? Because that that provides resistance without yes, weight. Yes, that has been recommended. Um, access to something like that is always my issue. But just not chlorine, not chlorine, because chlorine will. Right, right, yeah. right. We, we don't want chlorine. No water, but. Um, uh, I don't. I had to sell my car because I couldn't drive, and so my wife um, drives me where I need to go to. So we have some limitations in that regard, and uh, I can't do things like, for instance, I can't fly in an airplane. That that would never be a possibility. So why? Because of the pressurization, or just because the the low? No, because the potential for me to just break a, a body part. Yeah, when yeah. they land hard. Yeah, you'd fracture your lumbar, I lumbar spine. Reach, yeah. I couldn't reach above to get my bags. My bags would be too heavy. I probably couldn't carry them. Um, if somebody is pushing me and hits me with something, I could fracture. I mean, it, it's scary. This is where I am right now. Maybe I'll get better as far as the bone structure is concerned or not. And that's not really critical for my quality of life. Um, if I never fly in an airplane again, yeah, it's, not cares, right? <laughs> it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. So, um, actually, I've been doing some seminars. I actually was doing a couple seminars at the International Academy of Oral Medicine and Toxicology, but I did it through a Zoom broadcast, sure. which was kind of wild and crazy. And I was just asked to do a Zoom broadcast for the um, KetoCon um, uh, summit in, um, I think, June of this year. We're is that the meta, is that the metabolic metabolic? Uh... Well, it's called KetoCon, I think. It's different. Okay, K E T O C O N. Yeah, and um, I, they're they're trying to arrange for me to do a live Zoom presentation for them. I'll yeah, sit in my cool. house, and they'll gather in the meeting room, and we'll have this conversation. So it's kind of interesting that I'm able to do that. I can't see patients, so I retired in September of 2018 when I had the diagnosis, um, but I do Skype consultations all over the world with patients. Actually, now that I'm talking about cancer and what I'm doing, I'm getting a lot of people wanting information on how I'm doing what I'm doing rather than how can I heal my gut to heal my mouth, although I was doing quite a number of consultations regarding that. Um, your website is drdannenberg.com, D-A-N-E-N-B-E-R-G. Right, so it's and you have a book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you have a book. Um, yes. Did I spell it right? D-A-N-E-N. Yes, but the website is, called, is spelled D-R for doctor, D-R-D-A-N-E-N-B-E-R-G, drdannenberg.com. And you have a book that talks about oral hygiene and gut yes. microbiome and so on. Just touch on that real quick before we get Yes, so that. in 2017, well, before all this happened to me, 2017, my publishers put out the book 
um, release the book called Crazy Good Living that's on Amazon and any bookseller around. And it basically talks about a healthy diet and it creates a healthy gut microbiome that affects the mouth. And one of the interesting things is, you know, you can go to the dentist and have bleeding gums and you're brushing and flossing all the time. And they're telling you, well, you're not brushing or flossing right, but you know, you're brushing and flossing right, but you still have bleeding gums. Why? Well, it's not because you're not brushing or not flossing right. That's insignificant. What's significant is that you're not eating right. Your lifestyle is not right. And you're damaging your gut garden of bacteria. And when this garden of bacteria in your gut is damaged, it changes the bacteria in your mouth. It's not vice versa, generally. It's the gut bacteria that affects your immune system, that affects the way your mouth bacteria grow. And then once your mouth bacteria can get out of whack and you're eating the wrong foods anyhow, you start to feed the pathological bacteria in your mouth and that starts the gum disease and tooth decay. If you have a healthy gut, you will not have an unhealthy mouth, even if you're not brushing or flossing. Right. And we find that when scientists have looked at skeletal remains of humans from 10,000 to 20,000 years ago. They had hardly no no tooth decay. They had hardly no damage in the jawbone, but they had much calculus or tartar around the roots of the teeth. This is the calcified bacteria, the calcified plaque. They could see the calcified plaque, but they didn't have the damage to the bone. And the reason why the plaque didn't cause gum disease or tooth decay was that the bacteria were in a state of balance. They were not pathologic. They were protective. Mm -hmm. The biofilm around the mouth, the dental plaque that most dentists and hygienists want you to scrub off completely Mm -hmm. is actually a protective biofilm in the body. You don't want to scrub the plaque off. You want to remove unhealthy plaque. If you have unhealthy plaque, how do you how do you, how do you discern the unhealthy plaque? Well, you can discern unhealthy plaque number one if you have an unhealthy gut, yeah. but you may not know that. So certainly, if you have any bleeding in the gum at all when you brush or floss, you have periodontal disease, and you can really? smell that. I have friends. Oh yeah, it's, it's oh yeah. You, I have to like when I'm talking to them at the gym. I literally have to take a step back. Yeah, it, now that's horrible. advanced already. That's advanced, but yes. So th- there was a study that was done in uh, 2010 or eight or something that was published that showed, and they studied a bunch of college students, but it showed that the that the um, average U.S. adult has approximately nine or approximately 92 percent of of Average U.S. adults have some gum inflammation, meaning they have some periodontal disease. 92%. Yeah. That's amazing. That's yeah. epidemic. 47% of adults in a different study have active periodontitis. That's gum disease that has progressed into the jawbone, decaying the bone. 47%. It's almost one out of two people. 
If you're 65 years or older, that number rises to 70% have active periodontal disease destroying the bone around the roots of the teeth. That gets into the systemic circulation and creates all kinds of diseases, just like a gut infection like gut dysbiosis creates a leaky gut. When you have periodontal disease and it gets into the blood, it causes a leaky gum pocket. Right. And the same biological results occur, creating cardiovascular disease, rheumatoid arthritis, um, Alzheimer's, everything. So a leaky gut and a leaky periodontal pocket are very unhealthy. But you have to treat a leaky periodontal pocket and a leaky gut at the if same time. The gum disease, and that, that's what people don't realize. It's it's, right. it's one continuous path. It, right, your gum and it your emanates, mouth. Yeah, it emanates from the gut. And once you get the the inflammation, the chronic inflammation, the decreased immune system response from the gut damage, then pathways go through the entire body and different organ systems can manifest different diseases based on your pre, uh, um, a, a genetic predisposition. So periodontal disease is a form of chronic disease. Cancer is a form of chronic disease. I can tell you when we have more conversation why I think I developed multiple myeloma and it wasn't just a few years ago. It was back to my dental school days. Okay. And I can tell you that I'm pretty sure that's how it emanated, but it takes a long time for the disease to manifest. And that's the problem. People want to be fixed now when it took 20 yeah. years to actually have the problems, but they just showed up now. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Dr. Dannenberg. Stay tuned. Do you remember those delicious toaster pastries you had when you were a kid? You know, the rectangular sugar-filled snacks? Well, guess what? Legendary Foods has just made low-carb toaster pastry. This is the first of its kind, and honestly, these things are amazing. They have three to four net carb, less than one gram of sugar, and nine grams of protein. You can eat them right out of the wrapper or lightly toast them. The only question is, which flavor? Strawberry or brown sugar cinnamon? They're available at eatlegendary.com and Amazon. Men and women, you've heard about hormone optimization. Do you feel like it's something you want to look into? RenewLifeRx.com is the place to start. Their doctors can help you with the solutions. RenewLifeRx.com has a simple process for lab work, consultation, and taking a deep dive into where your hormone levels can be improved. Superhuman Radio listeners get 30% off your initial lab work and consultation. Go to RenewLifeRx.com to schedule your no-obligation phone consultation today. Feel younger, get in better shape, and be more productive at RenewLifeRx.com. Hey, this is Carl. For 14 years, you've heard me talk about Can-See Eye Drops, and they being the reason that I do not need reading glasses at now 61 years old. But I regularly get emails and messages from people who've been using Can-See and having some amazing results. Recently, I got an email from a fellow named Chad, who, because he was on dexamethasone eye drops for over six months, developed a cataract. Can-See Eye Drops actually reduced my cataract to the point where even my doctor has a hard time finding it. I will never stop using Cansee eye drops twice a day. I've been using them since 2008, he says. And you should be too. There is no better way to keep your eyes healthy and seeing clearly than Cansee eye drops. Go to wisechoicemedicine.com today and get on board and we will both be looking into the future with very clear vision. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. 
If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and have type 2 diabetes, $500,000 of term insurance should only cost about 100 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-352-9239. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. If you want affordable term life for you, call Big Lou at 800-352-9239. Lou is one of you and will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call Term Provider at 800-352-9239. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Call Term Provider, speak with Big Lou, and save on term life. Call 800-352-9239. 800-352-9239. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Growing older. Sadly, for many, it can mean losing your independence and trading your home with a lifetime of memories for a bed in a lonely nursing home. But now there's Rejuvent, the science to resist aging. Each of us has two ages, a physical age and a biological one. We can't slow our physical age, but thanks to our breakthrough in longevity research, you can now take control of your biological age with Rejuvent Life Tabs, powered by Life AKG. Life AKG is critical for powering cellular energy, supporting detoxification, preserving DNA integrity, and lowering sources of oxidative stress. And that can mean more vitality and stamina in the years to come. Backed by over 20 years of research, Rejuvent is the science you need to resist aging. Rejuvent Life Tabs. It's about life. It's about health. It's about time. Hey, this is Carl. To learn more and save 10% off, go to GetRejuvent.com. That's Get R E J U V A N T dot com. Use the code SHR and get 10% off your first order. Check it out. Are you still on the fence about Body Protection Complex BPC Oral from DrSeeds.com? Listen to Maggie Kuhn, one of the owners of the C Bus Lifting Company, Jim, in Columbus, Ohio. I had been having some nagging tendon issues that weren't injuries, just, just things that were annoying. You know, I'm 58 years old, so just older tendon kind of issues. For us powerlifters, you know, we really don't stop training when we have just nagging issues. We just kind of keep pushing through. And I started the BPC. What I noticed was I was doing some heavy tricep stuff that um, that would have killed me um, before when I had an elbow problem, and I was able to do this with literally no pain at all. Go to DrSeeds.com, D-R-S-E-E-D-S.com. Use coupon code SHR and save 20% off your bottle of BPC Body Protection Complex today. Move over, superheroes. This is the Superhuman Channel. Welcome back. We're talking with Dr. Al Dannenberg. I just want to let everybody know, after uh, the interview with Dr. Dannenberg, we're going to talk about a way that you could protect yourself from the COVID-19 or current coronavirus. Very, very simple, believe it or not. And uh, actually on Tuesday, we're doing a show with uh, Ryan Smith from TaylorMade Pharmacy. They actually have put together a peptide protocol that could be protective against any virus, including this one. But as a result of reading the protocol, it dawned on me, oh my gosh, there's something people could be doing right now, right now to boost your protection against contracting this virus. And we'll talk about it later in the show, so stay tuned. So Dr. Dannenberg, um, talk about the, the diet. Obviously, you, well, no, let's go back and start w- with what you just said. So when did you, when do you think you were exposed to 
something that led to your yes, condition. Yes, yes. So um, being a geeky kind of guy, I wanted to try to figure out, although it wouldn't have made any difference at this point, right. but what what maybe triggered my cancer? Because like I said, at 66, I went to a primal type of lifestyle, eating a paleo type diet. Everything was really healthy. How could I have started at the age of 66 and got cancer at the age of 71. Well, it didn't work that way, sadly enough. Um, I probably had cancer way, 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 way back. It just didn't manifest yet. As a matter of fact, my oncologist did say that the reason not only did I have no symptoms other than the little soreness I had and then the fact that I maintained a good quality of life after that with my un conventional treatment is that I did lead a healthy lifestyle and did eat a healthier type of diet um, up until then. So what happened, I think, was back in dental school. Now, I went to dental school for four years and then two years of graduate training to become a specialist in periodontics or gum disease. So that six-year period, which was continuous, um, consecutive years, uh, continuous years, I, I was exposed to two very toxic substances all the time. Mercury? I was, ex mm -hmm. I was exposed, <laughs> well, the first thing was uh, low-dose ionizing radiation, which mm. is dental x-ray machines. Yes. So in the clinic that I was in, in my dental school, it was a new fangled clinic where the instructors came to the students. The students ha didn't have to go to different clinic areas. And each clinic area had a, a series of modules with a series of students, and they they shared an x-ray unit, and that's why there were many x-ray units in, in the clinic. And I didn't know for sure if I was walking around and an x-ray machine was on or off. You don't know that. You don't smell it or see it or feel it. Um, when I was taking x-rays on patients, I'm not sure how protected I was. At that time, we didn't wear badges to identify if we had over-radiated ourselves. I don't know how well the machines were collimated or filtered properly to remove excess radiation from disseminating. I didn't know that. But I do know I was exposed for six years to these dental x-ray machines. The other thing is, and, and low-dose radiation, ionizing radiation, is a cause of malignant cancer cells in plasma cells. It will cause a plasma cell to become malignant. The other thing is, like you just mentioned, amount mercury. We were trained, sadly enough, dental schools still train students this way today. But we were trained to place amalgam restorations. They're called silver restorations, but they're not silver. They're mercury restorations. They contain a lot of mercury. We mixed free mercury, and if you know what free mercury looks like, it's like little metal balls that little re roll around I like I water. I played with it when I was a kid. I found a, a large thermometer in the basement, yes. and I yes. broke it, and I took it to school. And yes. this is, you know, this is in the 60s. I took it to school, and we dropped it on the floor, and it splattered. Then we gathered it all back together, and it right. beat it up. and it's amazing how it combines together. It's like science fiction. And we played with free mercury. We mixed free mercury with a powder to make it an amalgam, and then it congealed. And then you squeezed out excess free mercury so that 
you would only have the congealed mercury in the powder and those little balls of mercury from the squeeze cloth, like, like cheesecloth, we threw on the ground. Everybody did it. And this free mercury eventually disappeared because it vaporized. You're and the entire dental clinic is a toxic environment. We never knew that. Every dental school in America, everywhere that used mercury did the same thing and had an, a toxic environment that probably was as toxic as any toxic industry you can think of in those days. Now, I, have, I, have, I still have amalgam fillings in my mouth. What do you think yeah. about that? Bad idea, huh? Well, first of all, I would never put an amalgam filling in a person's mouth today, and I wouldn't go into an office that is placing amalgam fillings. And I certainly, if I were to be looking for a dentist... And if the dentist still was placing amalgam fillings in teeth, I would never go to that dentist. Now, on the other hand, should you remove the amalgam fillings? It is true that the free mercury is constantly being vaporized from the filling, even though the, the FDA says there's no harm. Um, believe me, there's harm and potential harm because it's a highly toxic element. I mean, you know, you're not going to drink water with lead. You're not going to certainly drink mercury or want to smell it, but your body is, your tooth is constantly emitting some fumes of mercury constantly, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If you're chewing hard, maybe, or you're grinding your teeth, maybe you're releasing more than other times, but still, it's constant. How much load of a toxic element can you sustain before your body gets sick? But so if you have existing mercury fillings, there is a question. If everything is good, if you don't have any chronic inflammatory markers like a, a high C-reactive protein or any significant issues of chronic disease, then maybe your mercury fillings, if they're not cracked and they're not leaking, if there's no new decay, could stay there. I'm not sure. The fact is, it's potentially hazardous and risky. If you were to remove the mercury fillings, then they have to be removed correctly or it's more harmful to right. you right. To, for the dentist to drill out the filling, vaporize everything immediately. Because they, they have to have a special drill that has a, a vacuum head on it. They have to use a, a rubber dam and correct. isolate the tooth. because otherwise. And, you know, back in the day when they would press those mercury fillings in, a little little pebble of it sometimes would, would fall in your mouth and it would go down your throat and you just swallow oh, yeah. it. I take, because I have amalgam fillings, yeah. I eat a Brazil nut or two a day. And yeah. I eat nuts regularly because I, I want to sel bind selenium. it up with the selenium. Yeah, I want to yeah. bind it up yeah. with the selenium. Yeah. So selenium is a good binder. Chlorella is a good um, uh, natural mm -hmm. uh, binder for mercury and other toxic substances. Yes, that is a possibility. Certainly, if you're eating a healthy diet and you're developing what's called your own um, um, system of glutathione production, then you're going to um, literally neutralize the damage that is occurring. Yeah. Your body can detoxify from mercury when you have good antioxidant activities from 
what's called the NRF2 of the cell, stimulating the glutathione to produce the, the antioxidants that are necessary for your body. Glutathione is your antioxidant. That's what you need. Vitamin C is not the antioxidant. And all these other supplements only stimulate your body to produce glutathione to be effective. So I was doing so, some research last night. I, and, and before bed, I usually either watch Family Guy so I can laugh before I go to sleep. <laughs> I'm a huge proponent of believing that if you laugh before you go to sleep. Uh, that's great. Yeah. Family Guy is a funny show. I know. See, thank you, because Elisa thinks I'm childish because I like I, was, I said, you don't understand how intelligent Family Guy is. It is it is a funny show. Okay, yes. so or I read studies, and so I've been doing a deep dive on glycine because since we don't eat organ or soft tissue, we don't eat the offal, we don't eat the connective tissue anymore, we're not getting the glycine in our diet, and rodents and humans have a, a, a requirement for glycine. It's a non-essential amino acid, but it's a very important one. It has DNA protective effects, but one of the things it does do is it, 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 it's a profound, it profoundly increases glutathione production. And so I've been using glycine as a sweetener for, for years now. I wrote a blog about it about four or five years ago. Like, you don't need artificial sweetener. Just use glycine. And when I saw this, I thought, oh, my God. People are, they, in one of the studies I read, they estimated that, that either 49 or 59% of the population is highly deficient in glycine and it manifests itself in a variety of diseases, including cardiac disease. Well, glycine is critical. Your body needs to have collagenous material. That's why people are eating collagen peptides and supplements. And, and, um, and bone broth, right? And bone broth. And, of course, we can get into that, my diet because that's part of what I'm yeah, eating. Yeah, we're going to do that now, yeah. Yeah, but, but, the, but the important thing is that methionine, which is certainly in meat as a protein, needs to be balanced with glycine. And if you're only eating a meat diet and not getting the other amino acids to balance out then you can have other problems so definitely you need in, to in fact the uh the the uh, quote-unquote um rapid aging effect of a high protein diet has been implicated that it's a imbalance between methionine and glycine correct because a high protein diet depending on how you define it means too much meat and not the fat or the organs or the collagen material. So you need to eat animals, but you need to eat nose to tail. And that's how we did it back in the... I mean, my, my grandfather used to make tripe and peas. He used to make... The, the, the entire animal was used. Right. Today, we all oh, just give me the, just give me the, 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 the loin. All. I just want the loin. It's like, no, right. that's... Right. We, we've gotten to the point where we want it to be uh, low in fat, very, very tender... And that's it. So you want the filet mignon, but you don't want the fat. You don't want the organs. You don't want the gristle. You don't want to chew. You just want to melt it in your mouth. And it's affected everything in our body. Thank God I learned to eat from an Italian truck driver, my father, because I literally eat the ends of the chicken bones. Like a ch if a chicken bone right. starts out this long, when I'm done with it, there's that much. And Lisa laughs. I suck the marrow. I eat the, the grizzle. I eat the cartilage. I eat it all. I eat all that stuff. I watched my father do that, and I'm sure that's the way his father did it too. So, yeah, let's talk about diet. Let's talk about yes. diet. So, people would say it's counterintuitive to have cancer and and eat red meat. What would you say to that? Well, that's only because you've read the studies that are observational studies that are not really defining what they're they're studying. 
So the most recent study, and I think there was just a paper in the journal of uh, uh, JAMA, Journal of the American Medical Association, I believe, but several other publications that said that red meat can cause cancer. Well, first of all, they're observational. They're only evaluating people that put a check mark on a questionnaire, yes, I eat red meat. Well, first of all, what red meat are they eating? Spam. They're probably eating spam. the red meat. <laughs> yeah, spam yeah. or, you know, fast food burger places. Bologna, are, hot dogs. We already know hot right, dogs so are linked are to leukemia. chemically processed. The meat is raised on grains and not grass. So the grains that the cattle cannot digest properly are creating damaged um, animals. We're eating sick animals. We're eating sick animals. Animals that are actually injected with hormones and antibiotics to make them healthier and get fatter so they can slaughter them sooner because they're going to die from the diet that they're eating. So they're, they're... Bad sickness is in their meat and their fat, and now we're eating it, and it's red meat, and it's going to kill us. And, yeah, that's true. If you're eating that red meat, it's going to cause cancer and everything else, more than likely. It's it's unhealthy. It's part of the standard American diet. Well, there's one other thing that no one talks about that I actually think has a, a bigger effect on the linkage between processed meats and their uh, bad outcomes in the pe- population that eat processed meats, and that's high heat cooking. High heat cooking, absolutely a problem, but also people that tend to eat red meat and conventionally raised animals and standard American diets are not exercising well. They're smoking. They're on doing other lifestyle habits that are definitely unhealthy, and that is contributing to their disease. They're probably overweight. And all of these things are not controlled for, and it can't, you can't control for that. And that's why people that say, I eat red meat and they're sick, well, that may be the other reasons. The studies that have been done, that are only few, that have been done with red meat that has been pastured, and this, these humans are eating or living a healthy lifestyle, they're not eating junk, and they're being controlled, the red meat is extremely healthy and actually more protective than damaging. So red meat does not cause cancer. And as a matter of fact, we can kind of ease on into this diet that I'm doing, which is a lot of red meat and other animal products. So I was eating a paleo-type diet um, up until January 1st, 2020, this year. And I started to do some research that got me off the paleo diet and onto the carnivore diet. Now, the carnivore diet is basically a meat-based or animal-based diet, no plants whatsoever. So there's no fruits, no vegetables, no nuts, no seeds in my diet. But there really is, and I'll explain that in a moment. But the carnivore diet, when you Dig into the science, which is exciting, and outside of the country, even more exciting, will show that it is a very healthy diet. If you look at the physiology of our digestive system compared to other primates, we have a small intestine that is larger than most primates and a large intestine that's smaller than most primates. Most primates are eating a lot of vegetables and plant matter. 
and their larger large intestines will digest the plant matter and their cecums are designed to ferment the plant matter food better than humans. Our large small intestine is better designed to digest protein matter and animal fat and, and organ systems. Uh, organ products. And if we go back to some research, there, is some, there are some studies that show that Neanderthal man, from some of the archaeological research and some of the genetic uh, uh, um, monitoring of their remains, has shown that they probably were actually more carnivorous than omnivorous. And recent studies that have shown uh, some homo, homo sapiens in in um, uh, Mongolia, I think, actually were very carnivorous. So our predator, uh, uh, not predators, but our... Uh, uh, predecessors? Uh, yeah, predecessors, thank you. Our predecessors, primal predecessors, were actually more carnivorous than omnivorous. We are omnivorous. We can eat everything. But we are designed to be more meat or animal eaters than plant eaters, number one. Number two is that when animals eat plants, which they do, and they can digest the plants better, they actually remove the toxic elements in plants. These phytonutrients that theoretically are beneficial to humans are really chemicals that the plants use to ward off Nice. Animals, they're predators. They're, like like phytoestrogens, like so. Right, they are. They are. They are har, um, They're anti nutrients. They're anti nutrients. Right, they're called anti nutrients. They're harmful to the to the animals that are trying to eat the plants, so that the plants can survive. The plants can't run away or fight. They want to survive and thrive. And and their seeds, of course, they need to regenerate their own their own bodies by seeds germinating in the ground so animals when they eat these plants they can digest and remove the toxic anti-nutrients effectively and these other parts of the nutrients of, of the plants get into their fat and organs and muscles and these are the the nutrients from plants that we really benefit from and we eat them we get them by we eating eat their meat them yeah. when we eat the animal but right. we have to eat not just the meat because a lot of the nutrients are in the fat and the organs and the cartilage so when you're eating an animal from nose to tail you literally are getting all the nutrients you need in a more biologically active form that has no anti-nutrients, no lectins, no uh, uh, phytates, and no oxalates that are the major anti-nutrients in plants. And They're by the way, there. oxalates are associated with um, with gout. And kidney so many stones. people have and gout, yeah. and, the, yeah. and the doctor says, well, stop eating meat. Uh, no, it's it, there's two things. They they have, Generally, people who have gout have metabolic disorders. They're insulin resistant already, but they're right. eating a lot of plant uh, foods that actually have a lot of oxalates in them, and yep. oxalate is what causes the, the gout. Oxalates has also been shown to create breast cancer and mitochondrial dysfunction. Some interesting papers. And a lady whose name is Sally Norton wrote a wonderful paper a few years back about the damage that oxalates cause in the human body. Great paper. It's on the Internet that you can pick up. And uh, it's bringing to light these anti-nutrients that we have 
thought are not a big deal in the vegetables and fruits that we're eating and the nuts and seeds, but they really are. And since we're eating so much of it on a regular basis, they're building up and compounding in our body. So the diet of a carnivore diet makes tremendous sense if you want to have a really nutritious nutrient-dense diet and eliminate all these nutrients. It's a great elimination diet, but it could be a diet for life if you eat nose to tail. What now, if, what, other, so what have you – oh, good. I'm sorry. I no, I was going to say, so that research was exciting but didn't get me as excited as the next thing I want to say. And that is in, in um, Budapest, German, uh, Budapest, Hungary, there is a clinic called Paleomedicina. Paleomedicina for the last 10 years has been treating patients that have all kinds of chronic diseases as well as cancer. And they are treating their patients with a form of carnivore diet. They call it the Paleolithic ketogenic diet, which is strictly carnivore diet that also eliminates all dairy and they do not or they wean their patients off of any and all medications. So they're only on this very strict carnivore diet, and they are curing chronic diseases and cancer. And they have a variety of published case studies of these patients that have they've cured or certainly have gotten significantly healthier without medicine and conventional medicine. And that was getting me quite excited. With that and other research like Thomas Seafried and the concepts yeah. of metabolic dysfunction right. and mitochondrial dysfunction being the cause of cancer, then all of this makes significant sense to me to try to improve my mitochondria and to improve my, my diet and my metabolism and eliminate anything that is somewhat of an anti-nutrient. So the carnivore diet makes so much sense to me. And with the, with the anecdotal and the published case studies that I've seen with remission of incurable cancers, I thought, why not? See, I measure my life in months today. I mean, theoretically, I should have died. Um, I'm not dying yet. And you can see I'm not dead. <laughs> and I feel good and I look good. And I may actually, you know, I'm a study of N equals one. No one is doing what I'm doing with my protocols, my aggressive cancer, my very delicate skeletal system. No one is treating their body like I am. And I may not only go into remission soon because my oncologist thinks that's a possibility, I may cure this thing, which is phenomenal. But I'm doing it, I believe, because I'm improving my overall body's ability to heal. And the carnivore diet right now is my go-to way of eating. I've not stopped my protocol to support my immune system. I've not stopped the protocol to definitely improve my gut and maintain my healthy gut. And I certainly am doing my four sessions of pulse electromagnetic field therapy every day to 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 get that as under control as I can. But I think that this carnivore diet could be a game changer for me. I, I sleep with a PEMF unit. I, I've had an yes, earth I pulse. Do. I've had an earth pulse unit now for fifteen years. Yeah. Yeah. And you know you may not feel anything from it, 
But your body's cells are healthier and stronger, and they have the electrical potential that needs to be there for the cells to function optimally. So I, I've gone on this deep dive of, of the in, the role of uh, too much iron in the body and its role in advanced aging. I've done several shows about it now, dating back to around 2010. And uh, I noticed that when my ferritin and TIBC start to rise, I can actually feel the magnetic pulse. It agitates me. And that's really? how I, yeah, that's that's how I know I need to go donate blood again. I mean, that's one of the things that has been a tip for me. Yeah, because and it makes perfect sense. It's not it's not it's not like it, it, I'm becoming an antenna. The more iron in my cells, yeah. they're they're being they're being affected by that pulse. You can listen to your radio show in your head, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that's from a tooth I had filled one time. Now, you've heard that, right? There are people that have had fillings and they could pick up a, a shortwave radio. radio. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. so what have you noticed since you went uh, carnivore? You, do you feel better? Yes. You're sleeping yes. better? And, you know. Yes. Um, so I've noticed I've actually dropped some more pounds, but no change in my um, muscle mass, which right. is obviously important. Right. Um, Lots more energy. I feel lots more energy. I've done, I mean, it's only been since January 1st, but it's now a month and a half, um, uh, almost two months. And, and I am, I'm feeling good. I have no cravings. Uh, I'm very satisfied. I only eat twice a day. Uh, and I only eat when I'm hungry. I only drink when I'm thirsty. I drink a, um, a, a type of um, alkali, a natural alkaline uh, spring water, which, which is fine because I want the um, minerals. minerals in yeah. the water. Yeah. And that's very important to balance everything with the carnivore diet. Uh, I am taking my supplements that I take to support my immune system and to support my gut, but I'm not taking supplements to, you know, like a vitamin supplement or or omega-3 fatty acids. I don't believe in that. I think all that I want from the real food, and fish. I can get that from yeah. the carnivore diet and, you know, the meat and the fish and the organs and the So and what? The bones so what, what to give, me, give me a snapshot of a day's food. Like, what are the, the yeah, choices you Sure, have? sure. So, so for example, um, I love Wagyu beef, and I found a farm in Florida that actually raises pure Wagyu, grass-fed and grass-finished. Amazing. So I get their ground beef, I get their short ribs, I get their oxtail. Um, it's really fantastic. So what I had this morning, I had a, um, um, a burger that I made from the Wagyu beef that I generally take a pound of Wagyu beef, ground beef, mix it up. The seasoning is just uh, Himalayan salt. And I put it in a little container and I divide it in thirds. And once, you know, in the morning and once in the evening, I might have a third as a burger. Or I will have this this evening, I'm cooking in a slow cooker some short ribs. Mm -hmm. We'll have that. Um, you can, a brisket or, or a chuck roast or whatever makes, um, in, in a slow cooker, makes a very tender type of meat and, and the, and the, and the bone broth that it's cooked in is like a soup. So I eat that. I certainly eat liver. I love chicken liver and a variety of organic pâtés that are pork pâtés. Mm -hmm. I eat, um, some chicken. I eat sardines. I love wild caught salmon. I eat salmon roe, which is a very good, source of omega-3s and a variety of other nutrients. 
Uh, I do eat lots of eggs. I eat eggs over easy. I eat the whole egg, not just the egg yolk. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I have been shying away from any cheeses because the casein in the cheese could be a factor in my gut. I'm not sure. I never had a problem. But right now I'm just trying to be as pure carnivore as I can. Yeah, and that and that's something most people aren't willing to do. They're not willing to experiment. Like I'm do I'm doing this right now too. Uh there are certain things in my diet that I think were not good for me. One of them was coffee. I gotta be honest. I, I I've given up coffee so many times, but the caffeine brings me back. But this time I've given up coffee for good. I know everybody's laughing right now. No, I'm just going to tell you that I have not given up my coffee. And let me just tell you. And coffee, I, I coffee know effect, a... But see, coffee for me, if I drink coffee, my stomach feels horrible for the rest of the day. And I understand that. And that's true with a lot of people. I drink my coffee first thing in the morning, not during the day. I eat, drink literally two cups of coffee. So it's a 16-ounce cup of coffee and I because of I want to be in ketosis now that's another thing about the carnivore diet you can and cannot be you don't have to be in ketosis but I want to be in ketosis because being in ketosis meaning my body is producing a lot of ketones and it's not functioning on glucose for a for energy um, all the cells in your body can live on ketones but the cancer cells cannot live on ketones. Right. So I'm trying to starve cancer cells. They also live on glut- glutamine, which is, we can't Well, and, and, glutamine. And glutamine and also, uh, I think they can live on methionine also. Um, not sure about that, but I know glutamine is another big source for their energy. But if I can eliminate a major source and support my mitochondria, which I'm doing with a variety of things, including pulse electromagnetic field therapy, I, I'm thinking that maybe I can slowly work uh, these cancer cells out of my body, but um, b- back to back to um, the carnivore diet. I-, I am I am trying to put all the nutrients that I need from the meat, the fat, and the organs into my system without anything artificial. That's wonderful. We're going to take our last commercial break. Stay tuned. New Mass Pro Synthogen X2 just upped its own legendary game. To distance itself even further from the rest of the pack, Synthogen X2 now has double the key active ingredients. If you've ever wondered what steroid-like recovery feels like, Synthogen X2 delivers. See why others compare it favorably to powerful bodybuilding drugs at Synthogen.com. Mass Pro Synthogen. When you train with it, you'll gain with it. Quest Nutrition makes bars, cookies, chips, and pizzas out of complete dairy-based proteins. Our products minimize net carbs and sugar without sacrificing taste. Each delicious chocolate-flavored chip, cookie chunk, and crunchy crumble is custom-made to maintain Quest macros. It's time to enjoy foods that work for you, not against you. It's time to enjoy your Quest. You've heard me talk about the chill pill on the show and how effective it is at helping people who suffer from social anxiety or sometimes when you just want to take the edge off uh, to a long, stressful day. Well, listen to this story from Dylan Goutreau. Definitely takes anxiety away, which I have a long history of. Having started out at two milligrams a day of Xanax, that was at eight years old, and so I stopped using benzos three years ago. Extremely difficult. Yeah, so I spent about three years trying to find anything and everything I could that would be healthy for me. Um, 
to help with anxiety because I'm talking, you know, full bull out panic attack. The the chill pill was the first thing that I've found that actually in the middle of a panic attack I can take and it definitely uh, subsides. Go to drseeds.com. That's D-R-S-E-E-D-S.com. Use coupon code SHR and save 20% off your first bottle of the chill pill. Check it out. I promise this is one supplement that delivers Do you remember those delicious toaster pastries you had when you were a kid? You know, the rectangular sugar-filled snacks? Well, guess what? Legendary Foods has just made low-carb toaster pastry. This is the first of its kind, and honestly, these things are amazing. They have three to four net carb, less than one gram of sugar, and nine grams of protein. You can eat them right out of the wrapper or lightly toast them. The only question is, which flavor? Strawberry or brown sugar cinnamon? They're available at EatLegendary.com and Amazon. Redcon One is one of the fastest growing supplement companies in the world today. That's because they produce supplements that deliver on their promises. From their flagship pre-workout Total War to their innovative whole food MREs and bars. Now you can get the deepest discount ever offered to any audience anywhere. Use code SHR and get 25% off all Redcon One products today. SHR and 25% off. Go to redcon1.com. That's R-E-D-C-O-N, the number one, dot com. You've heard about blood flow restriction training since 2006 on SHR, but you're still on the fence. Well, here's the push. BFR is more effective at building muscle than anabolic steroids. That's right. I went there, but it's because it's the truth. My experience with the B-Strong blood flow restriction system is proof to me, and now I'm asking myself why I waited so long. You'll see undeniable changes in the targeted muscles in days and weeks like nothing you've ever tried before. I will never stop using them. Give B-Strong a try go to b s t r o n g dot training forward slash super hyphen human and use code shr for 10 percent off spit that out right now this is the superhuman channel welcome back to superhuman radio we're talking with dr al Dannenberg. His website is drdanenberg.com. You can go there and read his blog. There's a lot more great information he has that we just don't have the time to cover on today's show. Uh, we've gone, like, we, we were only supposed to be on the air for an hour today. We've gone an hour and 25 minutes already, and we still haven't scratched the surface of the great information that's on his website. Uh, and, of course, you can also buy his book there. So if everything works right with the keto diet, with being in ketosis, I'm sorry, the, the carnivore diet, but being in ketosis, uh, the new immunotherapy, um, if you had to sketch out what you think could happen in the next year, what do you think it's going to be? Well, I think that uh, for the most part, I'm going to, as I continue to have my um, specific cancer chemistries done, they're going to be improving and my levels of malignant plasma cells will go down to hopefully normal and not be malignant anymore. That That I'm looking for. Um, strengthening my bones is going to be a really difficult issue and I'm going to probably be very careful in, in the, certainly the, the obvious future to what I do and what I don't do. There are going to be some scans that I'll have later on to evaluate the density and, and the, um, osteolytic lesions that I have or I have had in my bones. Um, 
more than likely I'm going to be much more physical and, and get out easier and exercise better and strengthen my muscles and endurance. Um, and and I, I think that, again, my quality of life is, is great. So I think that I'm going to have a very successful outcome. I may not. My, my oncologist right now thinks that I have about a year to live. And was if, this the same oncologist that told you two years ago that you only oh, yeah, had a- yeah, I have a wonderful reputa- uh, uh, rapport with him. He and I, I mean, he, he can't, he's in a big medical group. He can't start to suggest what I'm doing to anybody for anybody else. And, I, and he shouldn't. And I don't want any of your listeners to believe that I have the, the cure. I don't have the cure. I'm just telling you, I'm expressing the thing that, that I did. One of the things that I think is very important, and, and I read recently uh, somebody made a, some comments that were not very favorable. And I just want to emphasize my concept of treating my disease is an integration of conventional medicine and unconventional medicine. The only thing that I rejected was anything put into my body that I could avoid because it was caustic to my body and damaging my immune system and would decrease the quality of my life. The overriding factor for me, not anybody else, but for me, is to have a quality of life where I can enjoy being with my wife, my children, my grandchildren, creating memories that make sense to me and to them, and not de- becoming debilitated, but l- extending my years. I didn't want to do that. So I'm, I've created the things that I've created. The carnivore diet, which is not a newfangled diet, it's a way that our primitive ancestors actually probably ate for the majority of the time, if they could. But, of course, we're adaptable. Mm -hmm. We can eat plants and we can be vegans for a short period of time. There's nothing wrong with that either. But our physiology has been designed, our bodies are designed to be more of an animal-based rather than a plant-based animal. And, and we are, and we are functioning well. And I think this diet, at least the studies that have been published, has shown that it may offset and cause remission and maybe cure for a variety of incurable cancers. It makes sense to me. So going forward, is this is where I feel that I'm going. I want to share my experiences, but I don't want to have anybody think that I am a guy that is telling you the secret to cure your cancer and ignore anything and everything else you heard from any other person. And uh, yes, I am a dentist and I'm not an oncologist and therefore maybe I don't have the uh, credentials, but I'm not trying to give out medical advice for anybody. I just want to share what I'm trying to do for my own body that makes sense so that I can heal in a natural way. So most people... Don't die of their cancers. Correct. It's not like their cancer stops their heart from beating. Correct. I mean, you can have cancers in your or- certain organs, and af- it can absolutely affect the organs. But most people don't die from their cancers. They die from muscle wasting and becoming fragile and, and, and withering into death. So, so as the- long as you can stay robust, yes. then you could live with this cancer for another 20 years. Yes, yeah, so, so my oncologist, and again, I love him to death. He's fantastic. 
um, right in the beginning, he said, and my question to him was, what's going to kill me? And he said, with your type of multiple myeloma, you will probably die from either kidney failure or some kind of bleeding disease because of the blood, uh, red blood cells are being compromised, your hemoglobin would be compromised, your platelets would be compromised, or an infection that we cannot get under control because my immune system is greatly compromised because my disease is a disease of plasma cells, my malignancy is in the plasma cells, which is actually creating my immune system, my innate immune system. So in essence, it is um, one of those three causes of death. The other cause of death, in my mind, could be such a severe pathological fracture that it compromises my organs ability to function like like a, like a complete like a complete uh, um, a pelvis uh, shatter for yeah instance, or yeah like or, or crack my skull you yeah. know if i fall and, and break my head open or or crush my my chest and and it literally yeah. pierces my heart or my lungs right. i mean these are realities I, that i'm living with yet on the other hand i feel great right i, I don't feel pain right um i'm not I, 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 well, let me correct this. I'm living with pain, but the pain that I'm living with, I would just define as discomfort. Yeah. And I take no pain medicine. Occasionally, I will take maybe 400 milligrams of ibuprofen if I'm really not feeling well, and that takes care of the edge of the pain. But for the most part, I'm not doing any medicine like that. I am taking the immunotherapy. When I do the immunotherapy, there are some drugs that I prefer not to take, but it is part of the li- the infusion, which is an IV infusion with the immunotherapy. One is Benadryl, and one is a steroid, which is terrible. It's uh, dec- um, Decadron. But I, but I have to take it just to prevent some reactions with the infusion, but it's only that day. Right. So... My infusions were weekly for eight weeks. Now it's every other week for another eight sessions. And then it will be only once a month as needed based on my blood chemistries and and my plasma uh, cell levels and the malignancy levels. So that's where I'm going. The only drugs I'm taking are what I'm explaining. Everything else is uh, supplements that support my immune system, my bone metabolism, and my mitochondria, which I think are very critical, and a diet that I think is very nutrient-dense and not only supports what I need nutritionally, but may help starve cancer cells because I'm trying to stay in ketosis. And to do that, I have to have a high fat content. How about the sun? Do you get out in the sun often? Yeah, well, now I can get out in the sun because I can get literally walk. But in the, you know, for a while, I was literally in a hospital bed in my house. Right. So you know, I, I do take, and I was taking um, vitamin D three. But certainly, as soon as I can get out in the sun, I will, and I will do the sun as much as I can. I'm not going to be um, bathing outside, you know. Uh, that's not going to be easy for me to do, but I am going to get into the sun. And as much just as take I your think. shirt off, at least. Get, yeah, get sure. In my bike. backyard, I yeah. I can certainly do that and walk around my yard, and that's what I used to do all the time. So melatonin has been shown to help remineralize jawbone. They did one study with dogs. They gave them implants, and they they and I take a fairly large dose of melatonin every night, nine milligrams, and it seems to have some effect on bone 
remineralization. Are you? Using- I just wrote an article that I published on my website about melatonin and periodontal disease, mm-hmm. which is very, very exciting because there have been some studies that have shown that melatonin in a liquid extract uh, put on the gum tissues could actually decrease inflammation. Now, just to decrease inflammation in the gum tissue is not treating gum disease. You have to treat gum disease, like I indicated earlier, by getting the gut healthy and doing a variety of other things. But the fact that it is an anti-inflammatory um, medicine, and it's not just from the p- pineal gland because it actually is being created in the gut, which is another interesting right. thing. Right. And it's uh, a pineal gland is related to the circadian rhythm, but in the gut, it has nothing to do with the light-dark cycle. That's another interesting concept. But yes, melatonin is very interesting. There was a study very I read many years ago where they took dogs and they, you know, they, they did a dental implant you know, yes. where they screw it back, yes. screw it down into the bone or whatever. And one group of dogs, they actually treated the the bone with melatonin, and then get and used a melatonin supplement directed on the uh, area. And the other group, they didn't do that to. And the group that they did it to, the bone recalcified and grew and 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 grew around that implant so much faster and so much stronger. And I thought, wow, you know. It probably has a an effect like that on all bone, not just on your jaw. And, I, and that that is probably why I, I don't know the biological mechanisms of the melatonin cur- production in the gut, but so, some of it has to do with helping the microbiome also. And of course, if it's in the microbiome and it's in the gut, it certainly can become systemic too. It's very. We are amazing machines, and. I know. We, we learn a little bit, and we think we know quite a lot, and we really realize we know even less than we thought we knew. Yeah. But it is fascinating, and melatonin is a very exciting uh, biological chemical. In, in fact, the, the, it, it's, not the, it's not the lack of information, and no, it's not the lack of knowledge that impairs us, but it's the illusion of knowledge that impairs us. When we think we know, and, yes. we, and, and then we find out we were wrong, and yes. we do that, and, and we do that instinctively as humans because we're so desperate to control our environment and our outcomes that we believe that we are smarter than nature. Just look at baby formula, you know. Just, just look at all the stupid things we do, and then we find out thirty years later, oh, that, that really wasn't a good idea. Like we should have just stuck with the game plan. I think when we try not to play around with Mother Nature we really are much more successful. Oh, yes. And if we would just go back to the basics and not find this process thing better than the natural thing and that process thing better than the natural thing, if we just accepted what really is real and natural in our environment, we would be so much better off. Yeah. Listen, I want to thank you for having you on the show. I want to have you back on at the end of the year to check on your progress. Seriously. It's been so fantastic. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. You've been awesome. Thank you. And I, and I really do. I want you to keep me posted. If you could drop me an email once in a while, and we'll get you back on the air, because I have a feeling the audience is going to be really inspired by your, your outcome here. I will do that. Thank you. Thanks, I appreciate Dr. it. We're going to take uh, a quick commercial break. Uh, when we come back, I'm going to tell you a secret on how you can prepare yourself to protect against the coronavirus. I'm telling you, this is legit science I'm going to cite today. And it's so easy, you're going to thank me. Stay tuned. 
protein powder, then you'll want to hear this. Thrive Protein is the single best protein blend in the world, built around what Mother Nature put into mother's milk. Thrive Protein is the first human-appropriate protein blend. There's just too much in Thrive to list in this commercial. That's why I'm challenging you to compare your current protein to Thrive. Get your current protein and go to thrivprotein.com and see how your protein's label stacks up to Thrive. For a limited time, get three pounds of Thrive for $59.95, including shipping inside the USA. That's thrivprotein.com and code COMPARE. Get ready to experience protein envy. Men and women, you've heard about hormone optimization. Do you feel like it's something you want to look into? RenewLifeRx.com is the place to start. Their doctors can help you with the solutions. RenewLifeRx.com has a simple process for lab work, consultation, and taking a deep dive into where your hormone levels can be improved. Superhuman Radio listeners get 30% off your initial lab work and consultation. Go to RenewLifeRx.com to schedule your no-obligation phone consultation today. Feel younger, get in better shape, and be more productive. Productive at RenewLifeRx.com. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and have type 2 diabetes, $500,000 of term insurance should only cost about 100 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-352-9239. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. If you want affordable term life for you, call Big Lou at 800-352-9239. Lou is one of you and will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call Term Provider at 800-352-9239. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Call Term Provider, speak with Big Lou, and save on term life. Call 800-352-9239. 800-352-9239. Are you still on the fence about Body Protection Complex BPC Oral from DrSeeds.com? Listen to Maggie Kuhn, one of the owners of the C-Bus Lifting Company, Jim, in Columbus, Ohio. I had been having some nagging tendon issues that weren't injuries, just, just things that were annoying. You know, I'm 58 years old, so just older tendon kind of issues. For us powerlifters, you know, we really don't stop training when we have just nagging issues. We just kind of keep pushing through. And I started the BPC. What I noticed was I was doing some heavy tricep stuff that um, that would have killed me um, before when I had an elbow problem, and I was able to do this with literally no pain at all. Go to DrSeeds.com, D-R-S-E-E-D-S.com. Use coupon code SHR and save 20% off your bottle of BPC Body Protection Complex today. Redcon 1 is one of the fastest growing supplement companies in the world today. That's because they produce supplements that deliver on their promises. From their flagship pre-workout Total War to their innovative whole food MREs and bars. Now you can get the deepest discount ever offered to any audience anywhere. Use code SHR and get 25% off all Redcon 1 products today. SHR and 25% off. Go to Redcon1.com. That's R-E-D-C-O-N, the number one, dot com. You've heard about blood flow restriction training since 2006 on SHR, but you're still on the fence. Well, here's the 
push. BFR is more effective at building muscle than anabolic steroids. That's right, I went there. But it's because it's the truth. My experience with the B-Strong blood flow restriction system is proof to me. And now I'm asking myself why I waited so long. You'll see undeniable changes in the targeted muscles in days and weeks like nothing you've ever tried before. I will never stop using them. Give B-Strong a try. Go to B-S-T-R-O-N-G.training forward slash super hyphen human and use code SHR for 10% off. This is the Superhuman Channel, doing reps with the weight of the world. Welcome back. Okay. So Tuesday, Ryan Smith from TaylorMade is coming on. Let me look into the camera since it's just me. Uh, to talk about the peptide protocols that would absolutely be effective uh, for either uh, protecting against or even possibly uh, using after um, contracting uh, COVID-19, this new form of coronavirus. And the number one peptide on the list of about three or four peptides, and we'll talk about them on Tuesday for the rest of you, is LL37. Now, I happen to know that LL37 is a downstream metabolite of 25-hydroxy, which is vitamin D. But it's the biologically available vitamin D. And there's plenty of studies that show that the body produces LL37 from the vitamin D in sun exposure. But I thought, gee, I wonder if there's a direct correlation between supplementing with actually calciferol, which is what's in your vitamin D3 supplement, and an increase in LL37. And I found the study, and it'll be in today's show. You'll be able to click the link and see it and download it. That shows that taking, uh, they, they had, uh, in, in a, this was in a, um, an ICU ward. You know, these are very sick people. And they tested them first, and they had very, very low levels of 25-hydroxy. And they gave them supplemental vitamin D in pills and they monitored them and then they tested their blood again. And sure enough, their 25-hydroxy went up as we would expect, but they also tested for both LL37 before and after and LL37 went up too. LL37 is part of the body's natural antiviral antimicrobial defense system. It's very high when we're young, maybe because we play outside more. It gets lower as we get older, and people are using LL37 to cure SIBO and all sorts of fun. Like, like the LL37 makes tail and toenail fungus go away without taking those antifungals. I mean, it's, it's really powerful stuff. Well, I started to think about this because now the news is saying, well, LL, the, the, the COVID-19 may actually be a seasonal virus, just like influenza. So it goes away, and they're actually saying by springtime, it's probably going to go away from what they can tell. And I started thinking, what's the magic of hot weather? Is it the temperature that these viruses can't live in? Well, that can't be true because those of us who use sauna, we wouldn't get viruses if it was just the heat. The linkage between seasonal viruses may actually be sun exposure. 
you know, we're out in the sun in the summertime. You know, a lot of us are laying out by pool. You know me. I mean, I, I, I'll lay in the sun every chance I can get. Um, and I don't get the flu. I mean, I can't, I haven't had the flu in a long time now that I'm thinking back about it. 2019, I mean, 2009, I did get um, what I thought was swine flu, but it, it may have been something else. Because uh, I never I was, I was never tested. No one ever did a culture on me. So, oh yeah, you have swine flu. But I was pretty sick for a few days. But it could have been anything. I could have been eating. I could have eaten something that was bad back then. But the linkage between seasonality and these uh, uh, viruses may actually be sun exposure. And if that's true, then we would see a lower incidence of uh, of influenza. The closer we get to the equator, and guess what? We do. So if you supplement with vitamin D and get your 25-hydroxy levels higher than the average, I think they estimate that the average American has uh, 25-hydroxy levels of 37, which anything below 40 is considered uh, subclinically deficient. If you can get your 25-hydroxy levels up to in the 50s and 60s, then your LL37 is naturally going to go up with it. And if your LL37 goes up with it, then theoretically, if injecting LL37 can protect you against viruses, then of course the LL37 that your body makes naturally from vitamin D would also protect you from viruses. Now, until we have clinical trials where they take people who are exposed to LL37, I mean, uh, uh, COVID-19 or even rodents or whatever, and give one group uh, vitamin D and the other group a placebo and see who gets sick and who doesn't. And that would be a really good study to do. Maybe we don't need these vaccines. Maybe we're just, once again, like we were just talking about, once we start working against nature, we are designed to be outdoors. You know, the whole idea of indoor, living indoor with artificial light, this is a this is this is all new to us. I mean, even back in the the 1800s and 1700s, when light was introduced, these incandescent bulbs weren't like they are today, and we still spent a lot of time outdoors. But today, we're spending more and more time indoors. We're not seeing the sun. Dermatologists are telling us stay away from the sun because it's going to give you cancer. I mean, we are sun deficient today. Now, of course, you can supplement with coleocalciferol which is D3, and raise your levels, and absolutely raise your levels of LL37, which should protect you against a variety of things, not just COVID-19, against colds and flus and all these other bugs that go around because that is the defense mechanism our body uses for us not to contract these these, uh, conditions. So I would say to you, buy your mask if you're traveling, absolutely. But up your 25-hydroxy levels. Increase your vitamin D levels. Start supplementing. Go to any lab tests now or one of these places where you can get your blood levels tested. Do a vitamin D test. See where you are. Take 1,000, 5,000. I take, I take um, 20,000 IUs of vitamin D a day. I'm dark. I, I have a high degree of 25-hydroxy uh, binding protein, so I can take more. But I actually need more. To raise my levels, a fair-skinned person can get away with maybe a thousand or two thousand IU's and 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 reach fifty. I I have to hit I have to hit twenty thousand IU's a day for me to hit sixty. So consider this. 
Um, and tell your friends. Tell everybody you know. I mean, look, it can't hurt you to take vitamin D3 if you're not taking it already. It's not like, oh, I wasted all my money on vitamin D3. It didn't do anything for me. There's lots of benefits of taking it. One of them may actually be that you won't get a virus. What is that worth to you? Anyway, uh, Monday we have a good show. Let's see. um, Monday, Gina Aliotti is coming on. Those of you who know her, uh, she was a uh, very, very popular uh, uh, competitor, uh, figure, fitness, that sort of stuff. And she recently became a mom. And she has devised a way that moms can use to stay in shape or get back in shape after delivering a baby. Uh, Tuesday, we have the Blueprint Power Hour. Uh, let's see. Wednesday, I, we have some really good shows next week. I don't have them off the top of my head because Elise has been helping me book them. Uh, but we have a lot of really good shows next week that I hope you can tune in for. But in the meantime, spread the word about uh, vitamin D3. Tell your friends who are worried about uh, catching the coronavirus to up their vitamin D3. And you'll find a study that shows that supplementing with D3 raises LL37 in your body uh, on this today's show post on the superhumanradio.net website so you can share it around. All right, see everybody uh, next week. Have a great, safe weekend. Have fun. Turn off the brain. Stop working. Have fun and party. Live your life because before you know it, you'll be old like me. See you next week.